Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking cookbooks. What is your go-to cookbook? 651-641-1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show. My talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. What's your go-to cookbook? Give us a call. 651-641-1071. We want to talk to you. Bradley, why are we asking? Uh, Well, I spent the weekend with a bunch of cookbook nerds, myself included, uh, for Stephanie March, Stephanie Hansen's weekly dish annual cookbook swap for charity over at uh, the market at Malcolm Yards. And it gave me some insights on people's cookbook habits, but it also gave me the opportunity to hear from people like, oh, you have to have this cookbook because it's my go-to. Or, Mm. oh, this is like, I can't believe somebody brought this cookbook in because like I use this cookbook all the time. Mm -hmm. And I realize everybody has their own version of that cookbook. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I know my talkers, mostly because I saw some of you this weekend because you would uh, not be surprised to learn that a lot of Weekly Dish listeners also listen uh, to the Colleen Bradley show. Yes, hello, friends. Hello, friends. Uh, we're one big happy family here at my talk. So, who likes food? Six, five, especially those of us who like food. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't like food? But we get real weird about food. Mm-hmm. Uh, six, five, one, six, four, one, one, oh, seven, one. What's your go to cookbook? And um, while we're waiting, I can share with you uh, some patterns that I noticed. Yeah, but I, I do also want to know if you have a cookbook that for you is your go to. Yes. Do you want to know that first? Sure, why not? I, I have two. Okay. One of them is called Pinterest, and I know that oh, doesn't count. Oh, yeah. But very Google. often, just for like the day-to-day like food operations of the Lindstrom family kitchen, yeah. um, Pinterest is where I go, because yep. that's kind of where I collect all the good stuff. But in terms of like the one that we have on our shelf, and this is one, this was my mom's go-to cookbook, and then I was gifted. There's actually two of them, but... I don't. I wonder if you've ever heard of a cookbook called Colorado Collage. No, I have no idea what that is. So it's a collection of many, many recipes, but it's like a community um, submitted or what's the word like uh, yeah. contributed sourced. Yeah. yeah, like that, it's a community yeah. cookbook. It's a community cookbook. Which, by um, the way, there were tons of those this weekend. Oh, the, because I honestly church think, cookbooks, community organizations, yeah. corporate. You know, company cookbooks. Yeah. I just feel like you get a really good variety of stuff. And it, it, truly with this Colorado collage and then the other one, the second one that we have is the creme de Colorado um, one between those two cookbooks. There's just such a variety of really amazing dishes. And my mom always cooked out of it and she would keep notes on every recipe like 
I would do this differently. I'd add this yeah. or everybody Those loved it. Super helpful. Right. Super helpful. And so I have not only my own versions, but I also have hers so I can go back and reference the things that I loved when we were a kid, yeah. when we were a kid, when I was a kid. I mean, you're many people. True. What um, what even what is, is time? time? Um, but Bradley, what are some of the... Because I was really curious about like the trends that you notice. Yeah, so in addition to uh, the cookbook chat, so call us with your favorite cookbook. We've got some listeners um, emailing and sending us tweets that we can get to in just a moment. But the patterns are, were things like, first of all, let's just say <laughs> there were a lot of Rachel Ray cookbooks. Oh. Like... There were a lot like compared to any other sort of celebrity chef Mm -hmm. in the donate pile because it was a books cookbook swap. I should say this again was all for charity. Second harvest. They do this every year. First time I got the chance to go and my job like I just showed up to help. So I was like literally categorizing cookbooks and taking them when people would bring them in. I take them and it was kind of fun to just like play Tetris with cookbooks Mm -hmm. and put them all on the Rachel Ray table. And well, I I literally said to Stephanie March, I was like, "Uh, I think we need a Rachel Ray table because now that said, I think all but two of her cookbooks went away. Like they were picked up. Interesting. But like you could, I was like, okay, so people have gotten over. Do you know what the other second group of cookbooks was? It wasn't people. It was a kind of cookbook that people brought. Like church cookbooks. No, there were, there were plenty of those. um, And those were fun to like read through. I was like, oh, I kind of want. I do. Because they're just fun to me. They're just fun to read in history. I'm not making like wiener surprise. I'm sorry. Like there was one that had like, you know, uh, blue punch and it was just like bright with like blue food coloring mm-hmm. i was like that's not any- anyway um no the second most common type of cookbook that was donated like people were returning essentially like getting rid of was like diet cookbooks oh like weight watchers South cookbook. Beach. Uh, Weight Watchers, low carb, and you know, like low salt or no MSG cooking. The Atkins diet. Yeah, like tons of those. And I was like, of course. And a lot of those were left on the table. Interesting. Um, Well, that actually tells an interesting story, too. Well, it's because people are like this. Yeah, I'm done with this. Like, I want to make foods. Yeah. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. What's your go to cookbook? We've got a few callers. Uh, let's go first to Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Chris, what's your go to cookbook? I'm old, so of course it's going to be the joy of cooking because I don't think you can do much better than Julia Child. Mm, I hear you. Uh, and the, joy of the thing is, I, over the years, I've looked at all kinds of different cookbooks. I mean. I've seen stuff like the 6,000 best recipes for carrots. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm, it's just, uh, I come back to joy of cooking every time. It's a, so it's, it's the one my mother used yeah. and it's the one that I use. I've always used. And it's been around since like the thirties and they've been updating it like regularly ever since. Yes, they have. Like standard oh. cookbook. Chris, Thanks, thank Chris. you for your call. It's not Julia Child. Um, right. What is, the joy of cooking is, uh, Irma Rombauer. Uh-huh. I didn't know that, but it's not uh, Julia. But Julia also, you know, there was one Joy of Cooking that mm-hmm. showed up. There was like one Julia Child cookbook. And I thought that's a testament because most right? people like are holding. They're going to hang on to those. those. Um, can I ask that? Because my other go to is the plaid or like the like the plaidish um, Better Homes and Gardens cookbook. 
that has like all the classics yeah. in there. So I use that for like Thanksgiving were, stuff and whatever. Did people bring those yeah, in? There were a lot of those like basic cookbooks because I think you do need to, like if you if you are just learning how to you know cook. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to have like a you know a general reference that's going to tell you how to boil potatoes. Oh yeah, and, you know that, that for me was our. We always had a Betty Crocker cookbook. Yep, how to bat, how to spatchcock a chicken. Exactly. All those things are all in there. Okay, let's go to Lynn. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Lynn. Lynn, what's your go-to cookbook? I go to cookbook is the old fashioned Betty Crocker cookbook. Yep. Yeah. It's a good one, right? You still use it. I use it so much that the apple pie recipe page, you can hardly read it anymore. Yeah, and I bet there's bits of apple pie stuck to it. You got that right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have the one that has like the circle on the front with like the, it looks like a pie or the one that's sort of like a grid? I have the grid. My yes. grandmother had the one with the pie on. Yeah, so we have the pie one, and my grandmother had the grid one, and um, and I, that is my apple pie cookbook. Got it. I am with Can't you. Beat it. I know it's so true. Thank you, Lynn. Thanks, Lynn. And let's go to Barb. We've got Barb on the line. Hi, Barb. What is your go-to cookbook? Well, I do love all the classics that people have been talking about, but this is kind of a modern one that I keep finding myself going to. It's called Run Fast. Eat slow, and oh. it's um, the publisher is, or I mean, the author is an Olympic medalist, kind of a runner gal, and and the recipes for athletes. I myself am, am not an athlete, but I do love the recipes. Huh, that's a good uh, that's good suggestion. Good I have know. not heard of this cookbook. Thank you. Neither yeah, I think you'd really like it, Bradley. What's, All right. What's your favorite dish from it? Um, I the one I probably made the most is the Make Ahead breakfast burritos. Mm. Yum. You can oh plus I should say too my husband um, can't have gluten so mm. there's a lot of um, earmarks for uh, sure for gluten free stuff for yeah. things like that yeah. yeah okay thank you Barb thanks Barb I, I will tell you one last one before we go because she just reminded me of this and I think I actually heard about this from the staffs it's called uh, Crockpot 365 and it was or or I don't know if that's actually the name of the cookbook, but that is the um it's written by Stephanie O'Day, who did a website where she literally made crock pot meals every, every day single for day for a year. Yeah. And whenever I want to make a crock pot meal, that is the only place I go. Yeah. And also if like I want something new that I haven't done before or something kind of fun, there's so many original like things you don't usually make in a crock pot in there, but also she's she's a mom of a of a gluten-free family. And so everything is, can be made gluten-free and she tells you how to do that and how to do it. If you aren't gluten-free as well. Awesome. No, that's kind of, I bet you had a fun time. Did you come away with some stuff? Oh, I got a couple books. Yes, of course. Less than I brought, because that was my goal is like, don't bring back more than you bring because Mm -hmm. I don't need to add to my collection. collection. Right. But yeah. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, I want to tell you a weird story um, because I heard the story and now I have to share it with you. And it has to do with Ed Sheeran, Sam Smith, Elton John, and a gigantic statue of the male anatomy. It's such a weird story. I have problems with it. I 
don't understand it, but I'm going to share it with you when we come back after this on My Talk 1071. Well, here's a story on the Colleen and Bradley show that you didn't expect to hear today. My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. Um, so, Ed Sheeran. So, I, I'll tell you how I encountered this story, and then I'll tell you where the story was told. So, I was scrolling through the Twitter, and I see this tweet from Entertainment uh, Weekly. And the headline that they share is Ed Sheeran explains why he gave Sam Smith a six foot marble Schweena statue. Oh, that's right. The giant wee wee quote. I need to one up this. Did you know about this? We talked about it. You maybe we? were not here. I might not have been here. But so this is Ed, recently, though, right? That we learned this story. I believe so. Did you tell us the story, House? I don't think so. I literally don't remember this story. No. I remember the I don't know why, well, but I remember huh, the giant I penis. Shocking. Like, I know. So I clicked on it because I'm a human. And I was like, I need to understand this better. And there's just like, so this is like what happens when extremely, extremely disgustingly wealthy people try to prank each other yep. with weird things. Okay. So the story is bizarre. And actually, it starts with Elton John and Eminem, of all people. Interesting. I know. So Ed Sheeran told this story on uh, Colbert, on Stephen Colbert's show. So it started with a wedding gift that turned out to be apparently Elton John and David Furnish's favorite wedding gift that was given to them by Eminem. And it was diamond-encrusted rings of a certain type that people might use in a bedroom area around a certain thing. It's like playing... um, Playing chicken. No, it's like playing ring toss. Oh, sure. Exactly. On a wiener. Yeah, (laughs) just like that. Instead of at the fair. Precisely. So, allegedly, Eminem gave this to Elton John and David Furnish, and they loved this gift. It was their favorite gift. Now, Ed Sheeran... Because they have a special relationship. Yes. Which actually, there's, anyway, go on. We don't have So Ed Sheeran decided, like, I'm going to, I want to, I want to one-up that. So I'm going to do, I'm going to do one better. So Ed Sheeran. What does that have to do with Sam Smith? It's, we're getting okay. there. For, for uh, Elton John's 74th birthday, Ed Sheeran decided to give him a large marble Shweenis statue. So at first, Ed Sheeran gifted this to Elton John. Yeah. At which point Sam Smith found out and said that they wanted one also. Yeah. And Ed Sheeran was like, can do, sir, human. I can get you one of those. What would you like it to look like? Because Ed Sheeran discussed the fact that there are multiple, we've learned this uh, just recently when we needed an item for our movie. That there are lots of options yep. when it comes to um, how we depict the human the human form. form. Mm-hmm. So Sam Smith said to Ed Sheeran, "I want one that's my size, like okay. six foot two. Okay, meaning their height, okay. Bradley, not their actual. Get okay. it? I think. Thanks, Thanks a, for clarifying. Get a radio flyer for that. So, what? so Ed Sheeran was like, can do, and gifted Sam Smith." A six foot two marble Schweenus that now Sam Smith has said they are going to make into a fountain. Okay. So this is the story yeah. that I didn't know I was going to 
encounter. Yeah, a, I mean, it's, again, it sounds like rich people pranking each other with ridiculously unnecessary items that they can afford that most of us are like, what? And that is what is at the core of this story okay. to me. Is that, like, as I'm reading this, I'm like, what? Because Ed Sheeran is commissioning. Yeah. These marble schwenuses. Somebody's making a mint. As a gig. I was going to say, good yeah, for Whoever's are. in the marble wiener business, kudos you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you are, that is a hard job, but somebody's got to do it. Banks are looking up. They sure are. Yeah. Anywho, I just didn't. I was, what was, I was the thinking, problematic part? I just think the whole, like, there's some problematic stuff about. Says the woman. What? Who threw. It was in the script. A giant thing uh-huh. at her coworker. At work, by the I way. I mean, talk about problematic. In our cafeteria. Yeah. As, like, it was actual business is happening. You it guys, was for art. You guys performed it very well. Thank you. Oh, I, Thank I don't you, have, Holly. I mean, you know, I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't want to touch the thing. Like, mm-hmm. at one point, I had to touch the thing, and mm-hmm. I, I was like... I just don't feel comfortable touching this thing on the clock because the material said clock. I, clock! <laughs> C-L-O-C-K. Like, at work. Mm-hmm. Thank you for clarifying. Uh-huh. Um, because I don't know if you've ever... I don't... Well, you did because you threw it. But it's a weird I spent feeling. a lot of time with that thing. Oh. Anyway. So your line is what six foot marble? I don't that's know. Maybe you, that's your cutoff. I don't know. <laughs> Still Let's not the use the word cutoff. Thank you, Holly. What? I hope it's like frost. I, I hope you don't get into an accident. I shouldn't have said that. I know that. they were like. <laughs> when we come back, dumb people Flying. doing dumb things. Uh, crazy, uh, stupid idiots. After this, dumb people doing dumb things. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And we have a name for these dumb people doing dumb things. We call them crazy, stupid. Idiots. Well, then, I guess one could say that's a crazy, stupid idiot. Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy, stupid idiots. It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy, stupid idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again, oftentimes in the state of. Sometimes other places. Wow, we were all on like on key in tune, whatever. Uh, like Texas. Oh, what happened in Texas? The, tar, the stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. You know what I think of every time I hear that song? Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Okay, I want to take us to uh, the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, where officials recently encountered something that wasn't what it seemed. (sighs) It was weird. I'm just going to say there was drugs, but that's not unusual. Drugs at the border of uh, a country? I feel like we've heard this story. This has happened before. Customs and Border Protection officers discovered hidden drugs in a Ford Escape arriving from Mexico Mm. on Tuesday. Mm, Okay, so drugs in a vehicle. Also, probably not that unusual. Now, I will say it was liquid meth. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't either. But it's how it was hidden that Mm. earns this story crazy, stupid, idiot status. How was the liquid meth, the $402,000 worth of liquid meth, reportedly found 
at the Texas border. Mm. It was hidden in uh, bottles of personal lubricant. Oh, cute. Actually, you know, oddly, you're not far off, and you'll understand why in a minute, but no, it was not uh, lubricatory bottles. That's not a word. Um, Bottles of... Lube. Don't say lube. I hate that word. Like Jiffy Lube. I can't believe that's their name. Anyway, okay. <laughs> but they do it um, fast. It's great. Stop. Okay. Um, they were found in something. Okay. In Actually, something. they were found in two things. But like it was like a it was like a Russian nesting doll. Oh, fun! There was a thing, and it looked like a thing. But inside was another thing that looked like a thing with something in it. The something in it was, of course, liquid meth. I'm so, lost now. Let's start with uh, one thing. And I'm going to tell you it's appropriate to the season. A uh, ghost. <laughs> yeah, no, they found ghosts filled with liquid meth. No. Um, Come on. Skeleton? Come on now. No, what, what, do you, what is Halloween related that you could put something in? Um, I mean, it's like the most iconic Halloween item. A jack-o'-lantern. Yes, but oh. what do you call those things? A pumpkin? Yes! Oh, okay. There you go. Okay. So it was inside pumpkin. a pumpkin. But it was, remember, something inside a pumpkin. So it was in, they saw in, pumpkins. In the pumpkin. They opened them up and they were like, what? This would be like, you know, an episode of Scooby-Doo gone adult. Okay. Oh, okay. Because remember I said. Oh, yeah. You weren't Lubricant. far off with the bottle of. Oh, Schmildos. Close. Hollowed out Schmildos. Nope. Close, though. Very close. Hot. Uh, Holly, feel free to jump in. Hot. <laughs> no, I'm saying with your with your ideas. Jump in, Holly. Uh, okay, hot. so it's not okay, so it's not hollowed out schmildos. Oh, mm-hmm. No, but close. It is close to a schmildo. Looks a lot like um an eggplant. Severed wieners. Oh, oh my god. What? Oh, I'm sorry. God. I don't know. I went really dark. I don't know. What would you put like if you were like let's say going to a sex ed class mm. and you wanted to show kids how to have condoms, Rose, you, condoms. <laughs> there were liquid there was liquid meth in condoms packaged oh inside pumpkins inside a ford at the border of the united states okay, and mexico that was a plus for creativity yeah that was a also, weird like, party i don't like what like what condoms <laughs> Well, you got to use what you have. Why wouldn't you just put like a Ziploc? I don't know. Anyway. That's interesting. Condoms, Rose. I guess condoms are, you know, very secure, despite what your boyfriend in college told you. That's true. I mean, you can really put your head inside that thing. Yeah, I was going to say, those stretch. They really do. They used to do that to make a point in safe sex, uh, because I remember going to safe sex class, and they literally put one on their head, the instructor, and then blew, like, Howie Mandel style. And made a balloon. Is that Howie Mandel that did that? Somebody did that. Yeah. Or was it um was it Howie Mandel or was it the screaming screaming guy? Sam Kinison. No, the other screaming guy. No, it was Howie Mandel. Okay, it was Howie. Yeah, he put a a rubber glove over his head. Oh, it was a rubber glove. Yeah. Okay, well you can do it with condom. All right. Great news. Both expand. If you have large hands or a large situation. Yeah. Let us know how that goes. Where are we okay. going next? We're going to Texas. Oh, yeah. where? We're going to Fort Worth, Texas. And um, I, listen, you, we all have neighbors. And some neighbors are more interesting than others. 
And some neighbors do things that are frustrating. And uh, that was the case in this particular neighborhood in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, neighbors in this neighborhood were waking up and seeing that their trees had changed overnight on the boulevards mm. in the neighborhood. What? Yeah. The trees were different. That's weird. They thought, well, was there a storm? Well, no, there wasn't a storm. Um, And some of the trees looked like they had been cut down a lot. And some looked like they had just been cut down a very little bit. Well, people in the neighborhood are starting to put their heads together to try to figure out why their trees are looking different. And they have uh, used footage from security cameras to determine that there is a person in the neighborhood that they call Edward Scissorhands who walks the neighborhood in the middle of the night. Sometimes he's walking his dog and he will stop at many trees and clip them in awful, not attractive ways. Oh, so he's not like he's like Johnny Appleseed doing a service. No, he's maybe literally... he thinks he is. Oh, but sometimes okay. Quote: This is from a neighbor. Sometimes he'll just take a little bit, but then other people's trees he'll take massive gobs. We're all liable for those trees because of their homeowners association. So if something happens to the tree, then everybody has to pay hundreds of dollars per tree to replace them, and so that's kind of part of it. She said, "I think." That the other part of it is that it's someone else's property, but we don't want to see somebody get hurt either. I don't know why somebody's getting hurt, but anyway, he just like he'll trim the tree, and they've seen this on security video, and then he'll step back and admire it, and then maybe he'll go in for like another couple clips. Okay, but uh, but long story short, this guy in the dark of night, like between two and three in the morning, he's out with a dog. Uh, an off-leash dog walking around and clipping their trees. So they're looking for the neighbor who they have called Edward Scissorhands, oh and they have gotten authorities involved. So far, do they know do not is? know the identity of Edward Scissorhands. I do have it on good authority, though, that it is not Johnny Depp. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's been busy lately. Yeah. Taking off his beard and scaring mm-hmm. people. It's true. Anyway, they've got somebody on the case, so I'll I'll keep an eye on who's clipping those trees. But just can you even imagine? Like you wake up and your tree has turned into some kind of weird topiary because some guy walking his dog wanted to get clippy. I will say, like I understand when I'm walking through the neighborhood and usually I'm walking my dog that I do sometimes want to travel with shears mm-hmm. uh, because people don't prune their boulevard trees mm-hmm. and. I guess technically they're city trees, depending on where you live. But I think in Minneapolis, that's generally the city. But I think homeowners have the responsibility to keep them, you know. Actually, that I don't know now. I shouldn't talk out of the side of my mouth. I will say, um, I just, I hate when I walk in front of a house and their boulevard trees are literally, or actually from their yard, Mm -hmm. are like plopping out into the walkway. And and then I'm slapping you in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Prune your trees. Yeah. So, but I don't advocate vigilante no, pruning. No, no, we are against vigilante pruning. Yeah. On the Colleen and Bradley show, which also extends to leaving prunes at old people's mailboxes, encouraging fiber that? use. No, oh. <laughs> but it would be a good service. I think. Yeah. Uh, Bradley Trainer, where are we going next? Uh, lastly, today we are going to. I think this is Michigan. Yep, it's Grand Rapids. <laughs> I almost said something. Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan. Mm-hmm. 
And actually, Thank you for you're welcome. Chopping yourself. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Ashley and Edward Trout are the subjects of our next story. Both oh. 30 were arrested earlier this weekend, charged with conducting a criminal enterprise. They were also charged with breaking and entering with intent, possession of a stolen credit card, and larceny of a firearm. These two uh, were in it to win it in the theft and burgling game. Apparently, they broke into a bunch of storage units. They've been doing this. Uh, they got some guns and some cards. That is stolen credit cards. Who is their credit card? At a... I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Don't blame the victim because it was that stolen credit card that led police to capture these criminals. Detectives got surveillance video from, uh, well, I don't want to get too far down the road. First, their crimes were garden variety, crimey crimes. Okay. Stealing, breaking and entering, larceny. I mean, they're going to suffer some, do some time, but that's not crazy, stupid, idiot worthy. Right? Right. It's how they were caught that earned them crazy, stupid, idiot status. Meaning they did something in the commission Mm -hmm. of this crime Mm -hmm. that is a real, you know, dumb, dumb move. Bonehead move. Yeah. And you said it had something to do with that credit card. Yes. Did they drop it at the scene of? No. Some, but did they use it? Uh, they did use the credit card, but like you know, just because they used the credit card, that's not necessarily going to connect them to the crime. Did they buy the tools that they needed for crimes with that credit card? No, it's actually something we've never quite heard before. Let me just say they went to, and I have to remember where this particular transaction took place. It was at a tractor supply store or something, Mm. which I've never heard of. I had to Google it. Uh, Let's see. The tractor supply. Is it just called tractor supply? Yeah, I guess tractor supply. Supplies for your tractor. So when they, uh, they used a stolen card at the tractor supply, Ashley Trout used, in addition to her tractor supply, or uh, excuse me, her credit card. Credit card. She used her own ID. Tractor Supply Rewards oh, Card. Honey. Oh, honey. God, get those points. Sweetie. She wanted her points <laughs> with the stolen credit card. Oh, my God. So they were able to track her down. Oh, honey. Yeah. I mean, I love a frugal criminal. Yeah. But. Uh, apparently, uh, the thieves, they, these these two got off with, like, in one particular case, $30,000 in tools and guns. Uh, the targeted units had locks that were easily snapped with bolt cutters. I guess the lesson there is make sure that your... Um, Bolts aren't cuttable? Yeah, or that you've got, like, your storage unit has, like, some security Oof. cameras. They Ooh. also, by the way, found some meth on these peeps. Oh, so they got right. some drug charges, too. All right. The Trout's... Are in uh, hot water. Uh, see know. what you did there. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, tis that time of day for us to play a little game. That game is called the Throwback. Live. We're going to do that after this on My Talk 1071. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. 